G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Christians tell us it's all about God's grace. Fair enough. I'm sick of working to impress people, so that works for me. But then in the next breath, they talk about changing our lives, about running a new race. Hang on, which one is it? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and it's great to be back with you again. Today, we're going to take a look at the race you're running in your life from a different perspective. You know, there's something that's confused me for a while about this whole Christianity thing. Something that really took me a long while to work out. And my hunch is I'm still kind of working through it. It's this. On the one hand, those Christians tell us that it's all about grace. No, not rules. Not some God with a big stick. The guts of this Christianity thing is a deep belief that all the stuff that you and I have ever done wrong in our lives, all the stuff that you and I have ever done to turn our backs on God... It's forgiven completely if we believe that Jesus died for us to pay the price for those things. Those things being what God calls sin. At least that's the word those Christians use. Okay, fair enough. I can cope with that. Takes a while to get a handle on the fact that you don't have to work your way into God's favour. There's no effort or work that we have to put in to be forgiven by him. It's about simply believing in his unmerited favour. That's a good thing. Most of us have been working so hard at the race that we've been running. Well, a bit of a rest is a good thing, don't you think? Don't have to strive anymore. You don't have to be beautiful or successful or good to be noticed by God. That's good stuff. But then, then these Christians start talking about doing good things, about changing their behaviour, about being good. Makes sense, I think, on its own. But when you hold it up against the grace thing, Isn't this a glaring contradiction? So many people call themselves Christians, yet they seem to be working so hard, even harder, at this grace race that they're in than, well, the rest of the world is at its own race. God forgives by grace, and we believe and we're forgiven and we have a new life. Goodo. Well, why isn't that the end of the story? And if it isn't, do I really want it? I guess that's what we're just doing today, is to try and figure out what it really means to put our faith in God. What does it mean? Does it make sense? Does it work? Paul the Apostle puts this whole grace thing, well, he puts it this way in a letter to his friends, the Ephesians. These days, it's one of the books in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. This is the good news of Jesus Christ in a nutshell. This is the executive summary, if you like. And it's a mighty thing for us to get our minds around. See, most of my life, first 36 years, I spent running away from God. In my head, I believed it was because, as I said yesterday on the program, I thought I had a right, the right, to run my own race. And by and large, I was happy with that race. Okay, just quietly. It wasn't as satisfying as I would have liked it to be, but hey, life's not perfect. 
In my heart of hearts, though, I guess I always knew that there was a God and that he was loving and that one day, one day, but I was running my own race. And deep down in my heart, I knew, I just knew that I wasn't good enough for God. I knew that the way I treated people and the way I behaved, I was greedy and arrogant. I wanted to win and to beat everyone else at the same time. And that's what winning was for me. For me to win, it was really important for me to see you lose. That was the fun of it. So it was hard, very hard, for me to come to grips with grace. It's easy to rattle off Paul's words now, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not the result of works, so that no one may boast. But being able to believe that God would be like that towards me, that he would show me his unmerited favour, it took me quite some time to come to terms with until one day I realised, and I apologise if you've heard me say this before, but it's so profound, I realised that grace is only grace and mercy is only mercy if they're undeserved. If it's something we deserved, it'd be a right. As it is, we don't deserve it. And that's precisely why it's called grace. And that's precisely why Jesus paid the price for you and me on that cross. And that's precisely the reason why we can only have that relationship with God through faith in Jesus. Make sense? Well, anyway, that's how it makes sense for me. So all my life, I'd been working and working and working and working to succeed and for people to recognize me and reward me. And finally, finally... I discovered something where I can resign from this shameless self-promotion thing and discover a place of incredible rest. I don't have to make myself into someone anymore because when you meet Jesus, you discover that you are someone already in his heart. How do you know that? The price he was prepared to pay to purchase your back. To set you free from that treadmill of self. That's how you know. You look at Jesus hanging on that cross, suffering, the Son of God being punished, dying for thee and for me. Then you know. But when I read this passage that Paul writes in the New Testament, this bothered me. He says, look, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I already have it, or that I've reached my goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lays behind and straining forward to what lays ahead, I press on to the goal for the prize of the heavenly calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I think, hang on a minute, doesn't that sound like the same old, same old thing again? Work, race, sacrifice, suffering. See the conundrum I'm in? It, it sounds like a whole bunch of work, and I thought it was about grace. Let's go back to that first thing we read, that nutshell, that executive summary of the gospel in Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith, And this not of your own doing, it is a gift from God, not the result of work, so that no one may boast. But now listen to the very next verse, verse 10. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. That's nice. Not only a relationship, but a purpose. Not only a faith, 
but a life to be used by him, a new way of life, a way of life that works out the faith that we have in our hearts. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be satisfied for too long being a spiritual couch potato. I want to do something with my faith. I I want to tell people about Jesus. I want to love people. And to tell you the truth, doing those things over the last decade and a half or so, that's what's made my faith real. We are God's workmanship, unique, handcrafted by him for a purpose, for some good things to do, good works to walk into, which God intends to be our new way of life. The works are a consequence of the faith and the relationship. So not only do we have an eternal life, but we have something that works now, something that we can throw ourselves into with all that we are, a race to run that... Well, it's not for us, it's for God. And yet, in doing that, it brings the deepest sense of satisfaction. A race that's custom-made for who we are. A perfect fit between who we are and what we're called to do. Doesn't it get any better than that, does it? just how many people seem to be spending so much of their time and energy talking about, asserting their own rights? How prideful and selfish it's all become? What this world truly needs is a good dose of simple, old-fashioned humility. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet, The Incredible Power of Your Humility in a Prideful World. And with the life application questions at the end of each chapter, you'll be able to chew things over to apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. Make no mistake, the Word of God is alive and active, so I'm praying that through this booklet, He'll help you pour the healing love of Jesus out into a world that seems intent on tearing itself apart. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.